Ladies and gentlemen, please, please forgive that little sloppy intro there, but we have an amazing, amazing episode for you today where I will be joined by the great Karrison Ford, but before we throw her in here, we do have a number of people that we need to thank, and those being the Sages of the Lodge, who I see some of them are in here already, so let's just shout them out, why don't we? Charlotte, Alex, Chris, Maria, Shane, David, Scott, Jillian, Corey, Twilight Blaze, Nick, Kevin, AJ, Michael, Andrew, Brendan, Gaseous Snake, Mookie, Orpheus Joshua, Jordan Krupka, Corey Sarakis, Axel Vega, DJ Ghoul, Brady Burleson, and Jack Tupark. Thank you all so very, very, very much for keeping this nonsense going. Um, for those who you don't know, if you'd like to be a Sage of the Lodge, it takes as little as $1 a month. But all I really ask for is not your money, just to hang out with me. I enjoy doing this. I enjoy talking Kingdom Hearts, Final Fantasy, all of that. And the idea that any of you would join me for that is absolutely wonderful. But without further ado, please let me introduce my guest, Karis. Karis, are you with us? I am here, yes. How is it going? Thank you so much for joining us. It's going so well, buddy. How are you? I'm doing very good, very good. Before we get into it, we have a lot to talk about today. But before we do, how about you just give the people a quick idea of who you are, what it is you do, and then we will dive headfirst into the Nomura madness. All right. Yes, my name is Karis. Um, I am also Karrison Ford on Twitter, and I do podcasts. So I have two on the go. At the moment, we got Retrospective, which is a show where me and my buddy Lee uh, discuss stuff that we have nostalgia for, and it's a good time. We look at it with the lens of today, and what do we think? Does it hold up? So I do that. Uh, I also have another show called Journey Into Fandom. I've done several Kingdom Hearts episodes uh, so far, and it's a good time. Basically, I talk to people who are part of different fan communities, and we discuss what the memes are, what the discourse is, and it's a good time. I do that. I'm also on the radio. I do the breakfast show on a Christian station called Revival FM in the UK, uh, so I do that too, yeah. Excellent. I do have to say, uh, I've known you for a little while now. I think you have an absolute gift for broadcasting. Um, I'm happy to see you're involved in so many projects because, again, you're really good at what you do, and that's why you're here. Um, oh, thank so, you. So you've been on the show before, so I don't need to ask you the famous question of why Kingdom Hearts of all things. But I do want to ask you, with everything we got announced, Missing Link, mm-hmm. the Dark Road finale, Kingdom Hearts 4, just before we get into Murray's interview, what is your overall take of all of this. How did you react to it? What are you most excited for? How do you feel about the new, more realistic art style? I I want your full take before we dive in. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, Yeah, so (laughs) basically on the day that the announcement dropped, I was like busy all day because me and some people from my church, we were doing this like event in the town square. So I was like, I told people the night before because of the time difference and stuff. I was like, listen, like, don't message me when when stuff happens. I don't want to know about it. Like, I want to wait till I have time to go home and sit down and watch it. So it was like a couple hours later after the fact that I actually got to sit down and watch the trailer. And um, man, I was losing my mind. I was... I was so excited. I was like, what the heck? Like, we're getting 
um, Dark Road, Missing Link, and Kingdom Hearts 4. I was just like over the moon. Man, it was so exciting. It was really cool to see the whole community online as well, just freaking out together and dissecting everything, all the theories and all that stuff. So yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, you got to learn to cherish the moments where the Kingdom Hearts community kind of gets to all be together and happy at once. Like, the fact that we've gotten two of those in the last year between Sora getting into Smash and Kingdom Hearts 4 being announced, it's, I don't know, it's just it's just something to behold. And um, I don't know, I think the Kingdom Hearts fan base is very special, despite the Twitter discourse that everyone loves to talk about. But um, <laughs> I, I, think, I think most of us are along for the ride and having a good time. Uh, with that said, so, given Kingdom Hearts 4... With that sort yeah. of realistic tone going on. That seems to be mm-hmm. an area of much discussion. How do you feel about that? I don't think they're outright abandoning... When we'll get to it in the interview here, I don't think they're abandoning that more fantasy art style. I think this is just a consequence of the world Sora's in. But how do you think he looks? Yeah. I think he looks amazing. I'm, I'm so down for it. Like, um, <laughs> it's quite funny. My first um, reaction was, Yuzora? And then I was like, no, no, it's not. It's it's actually Sora. It's the good boy. And I, yeah, yeah, I lost my mind. I was like, oh, just for for a split second, that I was like, dang, he got me. Um, Nomura almost had me there, but I was just like, wow, look at him, look at our boy. So yeah, we're yeah, he's, he's all we're excited. Up. He's all yeah, up. and there's something about that, right? Because I like. Most of us have grown up with the Kingdom Hearts series. Like, when I first played Kingdom Hearts, I was about Sora's age. So, seeing him grow up a little bit, I don't know, kind of makes me feel like I'm along for the ride just a little bit more. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, he's still this, he's still our boy. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he's still our boy. Like, you know, he's running in there. He's got his keyblade. He's ready to. He's ready to fight some heartless. Like you know. Yeah, so just that shot of him running towards the danger while everybody's fleeing yep. from it. Like just that mm-hmm. shot right there gave, gave me chills. Without with and here's the other thing: not one line of dialogue came out of Sora's mouth that entire trailer. Right. Right. Yet he's, absolutely. Yet he still had such a presence, and I uh, I find that relatively remarkable. But uh, what do you say we so start? Cool looking at some of these uh, interview questions and answers from Papa Nomura himself. Absolutely. Let's get into it. All right, let's get into this. Let me uh, let me scroll to the top because this was actually an article written by a Sage of the Lodge, Orpheus Joshua, here over on Woo! KH13. So, big, OJ, let's go. OJ, big shout out to him helping us out here. I have to say the first line here that really caught my eye was right here. The interviewer asks, regarding Shibuya, we know that characters from The World Ends With You will appear in Dream Drop Distance. So is there any connection to that? Which, like, that's been the, like, conversation for a long time. Ever since, like, Neku said, see it in Shibuya and Dream Drop Distance, I feel like everybody's yeah. kind of looking for this reunion. But Nomura answers, no, I've noticed that some fans have speculated that the Shibuya in The World Ends With You or the world that Jack's friends come from in Stranger Paradise have some connection to Quadratum, but I'm that one person that can tell you, no, there's no connection to those at all. Do you think Do you think he's bluffing at all? Do you think he's putting up a front, or do you think straight up this is no connection to the world ends with you? Interesting. I mean, 
I want to say, I'm, I want to take him at his word here, because I feel like he said this before, right? I feel yes. like he had this question before, and he said the same thing. So it's not like he's kind of backpedaling, and it's like, well, actually. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's kind of been his line all along, so I don't know. Like, maybe he could um, uh, pull it out of his butt and actually it was all a bluff. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm inclined to believe him on this one. I am too. Um, I don't think we're going to... Even though I do believe Dream Drop Distance characters are coming back, I don't think they're going to come back this early. I think there's almost a little too much going on with Sora for him to have any sort of peripheral distractions from another video game right now. So, um, Yes. Yes. Uh, and the other thing... Um, sorry. No, you're good. The, the other, Please. Yeah. The other thing is that Dream Drop Distance, like, is a dream world in the first place. True. So, I mean, like, I know that people love those characters. They love that property. But I don't... And I know that there's a lot... Um, I know there's a lot of people on the other side, though, who are uh, World Ends With You fans are like, nah, like, we want our own thing. Like, don't yeah. shove it into Queen of Hearts. So I sympathize with that. And I respect that too i sympathize with that too because world ends with you is already such a niche property and the fact yeah. that like half the time it's brought up it's brought up in the name of kingdom hearts for those that are a fan of that series alone i imagine that must be a little annoying but yeah i, I think the numura has no reason to lie like you're saying and he's kind of backed this up before like i think what you're referencing is back when the world ends with you box art had the same sky as the kingdom hearts 3 box art and he was asked about oh, that. Yeah. yeah, and he was That's like, no so connection. Funny. But at the same time, we can't be blaming people for asking these questions right now. They kind of are. They kind of are teasing a little bit. Um, but moving on, the interviewer asks, is the room where Sora wakes up also in Shibuya? To which Nomura replies, and I apologize if I butcher any of this, by the way. That is Minami Aoyama in terms of location. However, the original location is different from the view from the balcony. So we have the Osaka staff go there for location scouting later to make adjustments for the later revisions of the game. Now, I almost feel like the interesting part about this response is sort of behind the curtain. I think what this is shining a light on is that what we saw is so early in production that even the view from Sora's balcony isn't final. Right. Yeah. Now, as a Kingdom I, Hearts yeah. fan, does that terrify you? Do you think that means there's a long wait ahead of us? Or like, how does that make you feel particularly? Um, <laughs> it's interesting that you asked me that question because <laughs> I'm not, I'm a very patient person. Like, I, it doesn't really bother me. I'm like, take your time with it. Same, you know, though. like, don't worry about it. I'll get it when I get it. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously I want to play Kingdom Hearts 4 as soon as we can, but we've got Dark Road. We've oh, got yeah. Missing Link coming. We've got other things. Like, we're going to eat. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, I'm not worried about that. I feel like Namora's, you know, he's not going to put it out until he's happy with it, you know, and I think that's good. Um, yeah, yeah. I I'm with you where it's like, I uh, I honestly almost wish that Kingdom Hearts 3 was delayed six months. Because what that game was after its first patch that summer was almost like a completely different game than what was originally dropped in January. So, honestly, I'm kind of in the same boat as you where I'm like, take your time, be patient with it, and just give us the best experience possible. But I'm with you, like, between Missing Link and Dark Road, like, we're going to have plenty to chew on between now and then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Uh, this, but I'm still excited. <laughs> I mean, how could how could you not be? This this next part honestly is like one of my favorites. I'll skip the most of it, but this whole point Nomura says right here that that room will be your base of operations in the early stages of the game. Now, there's so much that sets off my Kingdom Hearts mind here, like. Oh, so just the early stages? So are we only in Quadratum in the early stages? Where else are we going? Or do we go to a different right. part of Quadratum? Like, what happens if that's just the early stages? And then there's the part of me that goes, well, can, can we customize it? Can, can we make it like our own little room for Sora? Like, I, I don't know. H how are you feeling about that? Do you think that Quadratum, like, you know how, like, the whole Roxas portion was just the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 2, and then we moved mm -hmm. into the main campaign? Do you think actually yeah. we might have something similar with Quadratum right here, where only the first five to ten hours might be in this section, and then we're going to go somewhere else? Because why else wouldn't it be your base of operations later in the game? Right. And that wouldn't surprise me at all, because, I mean, you've got the foresty thing, and I mm -hmm. uh, we'll probably get to that part. Um, <laughs> all the <laughs> theories surrounding that moment. Um so, you know, I think that the trailer's hinting that this isn't all there is. Or it's going to be a big game. There's going to be lots of other places to go and explore and things like that. And, um, yeah, I w it wouldn't surprise me if, um, you know, and I, like, in some ways, I think Quadratum is cool, but I don't want to spend the whole game there because it's a city. You know, mm -hmm. you can go to any city in the world and look at it and be like, it's a city. Like, I'm sure they'll <laughs> do many things to make it interesting and appealing. Uh, and I feel like this might be what some people are worried about. Like, oh, man, like, uh, you know, I just want to escape the real world. So mm -hmm. um, that's not so much a criticism as it is. Like, I'm just excited to see what else there is. Okay. Um, but I'm sure that they're going to do a lot of stuff to make it expansive and fun but um yeah no i what you said about um about sora being able to customize his own little room i want that so bad mm -hmm. like just to be able to put up little posters and things and maybe he can get a skateboard and you know all that stuff that would be really cute um yeah i would for that. i would love stuff like that because i feel like one thing a lot of modern games struggle with is giving you an incentive to do a side quest like so many incentives for side quests are like Oh, get get a new get more in-game cash or get more XP and stuff like that. Whereas like if you told me to do the craziest side quest you could imagine to get a Verum Rex poster in my pretend Sora apartment, I would do it. And I do it with a smile on my face. Um so I'm all for yep. them wanting to expand into stuff like that. Um as for the whole early stages of the game, I have to believe that we're probably going to spend the first few hours in Quadratum, and then there's going to be something that's going to catapult us into some Disney worlds or some more original worlds. Just something that catapults us out of that particular place. Because, you know, as much fun and as cool as it could be to explore Quadratum, and I'd love it if we could go back and forth from Quadratum, um, Kingdom Hearts is about exploring other worlds. You know, broadening yes. your horizons, getting off your little island. Um... I feel like if we spent the whole game cramped inside one little place, Kingdom Hearts would almost lose that spirit of adventure and discovery and literally going to other worlds. So I guess in good faith in that, let me ask you, what are some of the other worlds you hope we travel to in uh, Kingdom Hearts 4? Oh boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Um, dang, there's so many. But 
I mean, I'm keen for Coco. That's oh, like which would be perfect, I'm, by the way. Yes, like considering Melody of Memory and like the themes of, um, you know, music and stuff like that. But also, I think the the interesting thing um, from Kingdom Hearts three when they went to Arendelle is mm -hmm. obviously. Um, the whole thing there between Elsa and Anna is about family, right? So there's, right. like, that theme going on. I feel like that would be really interesting to explore because there's not that much going on um, with, uh, you know, we don't know much about Sora's family, but I know that he <laughs> sort of picked his family, right? He, um, And his friends. So you've yeah. got, you know, Riku and Kairi, and he kind of... Um, sees them like his family so i think that'd be really fun to sort of have a, a bunch of worlds that have that theme so like um coco for example um another one that i think will be really fun would be the incredibles oh, okay. i've always wanted to see that in kingdom hearts and that could um, work that... Yeah. yes and um what else i'm thinking uh moana because water makes sense and we Yes, and, you know, we've not had a Hawaii thing um, for a while, so that would be fun. And hold and on, it would let me be... just, I just want to build into your, your suggestion there. Sure. Can you imagine running around the Moana world, and Sora just kind of starts to have, like, flashbacks of him and Kyrie on the beach. And then we might even, yes. that would create such a good opportunity to flashback to scenes on Destiny Islands that we haven't even seen yet. You know, almost yes. like, not just build Sora's story forward, but even to look backwards, you know? Maybe hey, it, yeah. we, we cut and we see something different about him, Riku, and Kairi that we didn't see in the other games. So I think that would make a great suggestion. Uh, what do you think about Wreck-It Ralph? Oh, boy. I love Wreck-It Ralph. Me it's too. one of my favorite Disney movies. So Same. I would be so down for that. And I think it makes a lot of sense um, considering the Union Cross stuff. Yep. And, <laughs> yeah. So that would be really great. I would love that. I yeah. would, I would and, too. And I feel like that would also, because like, let's be honest, there's definitely a large portion of the fan base that wants more of Square's influence in these games, whether it be yes. by way of World Ends With You characters or by way of um, Final Fantasy characters. The Wreck-It Ralph world would be such, such an easy transition to maybe send you to a couple of those worlds. Uh, like, can you... Yeah. Like, using a Disney world to travel between some Square or some original worlds, which I guess, speaking yeah. of original worlds, other than Quadratum, what original what original Kingdom Hearts worlds are you hoping to visit or do you think we'll make our way back to? Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting question. Um, I mean, I think... Um, Oh, one more Disney World, actually, and then I'll answer your Absolutely. <laughs> Frozen 2. I want Frozen okay. 2 so much. Yep. yep Arendelle needs a redemption. I, I, I genuinely feel yes. like Arendelle needs a redemption. Like, look, Elsa and Anna are both princes of heart. They're not going anywhere. They're going to be part of this story. I, I think if when we eventually do go back, they need to go, like, pardon my French, but just balls to the walls on it and make, yep. try to make it the coolest world they can imagine. Yes. And the other thing, right, is so in Kingdom Hearts 3, we had Let It Go and we had Do You Want to Build a Snowman? Give me Kristoff singing Lost in the Woods. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> the entire cutscene. 
please um anyways <laughs> <laughs> moving on from that um yeah so in terms of original kingdom hearts worlds what we got um so i think radiant garden needs to be yes. there probably um yes. story-wise but what i would really want to see um would be do you know what actually a return to destiny islands would be amazing Yes. Like, that would be so good. I don't know. I, I doubt that's possible, but that would be really awesome. Well, yeah. one thing that would be fun is, look, it's called the Destiny Islands, but we've only ever been on one of them. What are some of those other islands like? What's the islands yes. where they go to school like, you know? Absolutely. I, I, I'd love to see that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But. And, uh, yeah, I really also enjoy um Castle Oblivion. Like, take us back there. Ooh. So okay. cool. Okay. <laughs> oh my yeah. lord. Okay, no, I could I could definitely get down with some more Castle Oblivion. What reason they'd go back, I'm not sure, but I don't know, but yeah. We, uh, I hate to interrupt this podcast with a PSA. Treehouse has rated us with a party of 31 on yes, Twitch. Yes, Treehouse. He is an absolute animal this guy. Oh god, I did the shout out completely wrong. Forgive me tree mouse so everybody listen look this is nothing new this is nothing new here at the lodge if you like what we do here you need to support my buddy treehouse i will drop his link in the twitch and youtube chats anyway treehouse thank you for that uh karis there was something else in the interview i wanted to cover um yeah. before we discussed any further let me pull this up right here okay so right here in Melody of Memory, someone who knew Quadratum appeared, talking about the Nameless Star, asking Nomura, will she appear in Kingdom Hearts 4? Where Nomura says, that is still a secret, I'm afraid. As I said at the event, there was a time when I was not sure whether I would choose to name this title Kingdom Hearts 4 or Verum Rex. But she is originally a character from Verum Rex, I'll say that much. Now, let me ask you something, Karis. Isn't it funny how when he was asked about World Ends With You, he was like, nope, nope. They're not coming. They won't be in it. But when he's asked about the Nameless Star, he goes, oh, I, I can't answer that. I almost feel like that's a soft yes. What do you think? Yeah, I, it sounds like it to me. Yeah. Sounds like it to me. And I think, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of inevitable. It's kind of everything's hinting towards that, I would say. Well, I'll say like yeah. she's uh she's had more lines of I think she's had more lines of dialogue than Yazora has. Um so they're they're giving her yes. just as much attention as they are him. Uh I feel like it's almost certain. I feel like she's going to I think it would be really cool if she think about it like this. If she materialized in reality while Yazora stuck in unreality, and I feel like that would create such a cool parallel where Sora's in unreality and Kairi's in reality. So it's like the dudes over here trapped in fiction and we got the ladies over here in actual reality and they're both trying to reunite and cross over again. I just feel like it would create such a cool parallel between the four. Yeah, that would be so good. Yeah, I could totally see that as well. Mm -hmm. Me too. This next part, I have to say, this really upset me. This next part really upset me. I'll explain why. I'm going to read it first, but... Uh, Nomura continues to talk about Yazora, and he says, To be frank with you, I was worried that Yazora wouldn't be well-received, given that fans didn't sound very welcoming to his appearance at Kingdom Hearts 3. But I'm glad they've proved me wrong. The hype for Varum Rex is certainly high. So, let me say this. 
I know mm-hmm. Tetsuya Nomura does not have an official Twitter account, but to me, this pretty much confirms to me that he must have a burner account somewhere. Because if 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 you have the perception that Yazora wasn't well received, that tells me you're spending entirely too much time on Twitter. <laughs> like, because I don't I don't know where you could have gotten that perception. I felt like Yazora was one of the things the most well received about Kingdom Hearts 3. I don't know. What was it like for you across the pond? Yeah. I mean, I would say the largest majority of of people that I know on Twitter are like hype for Yazora and one Yazora. I know a couple people that are like, nope, not keen (laughs) for that in the bin, in the garbage. But, (laughs) you know, the overwhelming majority that I've seen are, are pretty hype and you know love this character and i think that says a lot because he's not even really done anything he's <laughs> shown up and had a fight and turned sore into you know crystals and whatever um so that's that's it but people are excited and i think the i think the way that he was introduced in toy box is really interesting and did you think it was a commercial? Like, did you think you actually got an ad in your video game for a minute there? <laughs> I mean, did you want, I didn't, it didn't even really register. I kind of was just like, oh yeah, this is a fun, goofy, you know, it's like a Final Fantasy thing, but it's a, it's a game inside a game. Oh, that's funny. And then he shows up at the end and I was like, you know, I didn't even put the two together until I, like, mm-hmm. looked at Twitter and then people are like, oh, it's Yuzora and Vera Rex in the game. <laughs> and I was like, oh, like, I don't know. I'm really slow at these things. So, but yeah, it was, it was cool. It was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I felt like overall it's been a very positive reception because I feel like a lot of the fan base has gotten older. And I think they're looking for, like, some a little bit more of a uh, mature approach. And I think Yuzora is one of the more, like, quote-unquote, I guess I'd say, mature character designs we've gotten in the Kingdom Hearts series in a while. Um, Mm. I don't know. I I think everything I see, people seem to be hyped up for it. Um, But speaking of new things to be hyped up for, this is something, Karis, I still have not wrapped my brain around it. Um, Maybe you can help, or maybe when we get to the question portion at the end of the podcast, the chat can help. But interviewer says, in the trailer, the narrator talks about the Society of Heirs, and the Society of Non-Heirs. Could you explain more about that? To which Nomura replies, Kingdom Hearts Missing Link is a story that takes place about four generations after Ephemer was alive. The main family that carries his bloodline is known as the Society of the Heirs, while the Society of those who do not carry his bloodline are known as the Society of Non-Heirs. Karis, Are two-tiered societies coming to Kingdom Hearts? Like, what's going on here? Like, uh, (coughs) I I don't know, man. Like, you know, like, Nomura, he just introduces so much all the time. (laughs) And I just, I can't, yeah, I struggle to keep up with any of the Union Cross slash Dark Road stuff. I kind of rely on demo videos to, like, get me through it. To know, you know, catch me up on what I need to know. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna leave that to the theorists. I'm just along for the ride, you guys. Like I don't really <laughs> even know what I'm doing here. I'm just, I'm, I'm here for the, I'm here for the banter. 
So, yeah, I don't know what that means, but I'm interested, I'm intrigued, and I'm excited by the Missing Link trailer. I think it looks really cool. It so does look I'm really cool. I'm excited to play it. Yeah. It, it does look really cool. It looks like a, um, how do I put this? It just look. It looks very different. It's one of probably the most unique looking Kingdom Hearts games that we've gotten. It's got a very different energy about it than even some of the other spinoff games. But when I look at this society of heirs and non-heirs, I can't help but think about that that one subplot that was introduced about Ephemer being a blue blood and that it never meant anything ever again. That like Ephemer right. was the blue blood and Xehanort was not. So that I'm like, oh, so is Ephemer a descendant of the society of heirs and Xehanort is the descendant of the society of non-heirs? But then I'm like, wait a minute. Ooh. Yeah, I, right. And then I'm like, maybe I've got that backwards, right? Because then Ephemer's got the silver hair. And it's like, well, maybe he's a descendant of... Maybe Xehanort's a descendant of him, right? He got that silver hair gene. I don't know. Right. I, I just I just hope it's a, it's unwrapped in Missing Link. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry I couldn't help you untangle that at all. But okay. no, I'm really interested in that plot line, you know? And it's it's weird it's like all of a sudden there's like a aristocratic like class in kingdom hearts like, right out of nowhere out of nowhere yeah. it's gonna be a privileged class and it's uh, so I, interesting where did that come from um it's, i don't know it, i think it's like what you said namura just ends up introducing so much it's just like a snowball rolling down a mountain where it's like you could catch up to the snowball but it's not gonna stop it from getting any bigger um Let's talk about this this right here. It's not even necessarily the answer to his question that I'm intrigued in, more just like a segment of it. But the interviewer asked, what's the identity of the two black coats in the Kingdom Hearts 4 trailer? Nomura says, sorry, it's still a secret. However, I can tell you that alongside me, Akiko Ishibashi and Oka Masaru will be helping write the scenario for Kingdom Hearts 4. Now, for anybody who needs a clue into that... One of those writers wrote, writes for Final Fantasy XIV, and another one of those writers writes for The World Ends With You, which I absolutely love this, because, and I guess I might catch some flack for this, but I see Kingdom Hearts Three as a launching point for the series. I, right. I look at that game, and personally, it's my favorite game in the series, but and, it's, and it is the best-selling game in the series. And then when I look at that, I'm like, what is the aftermath of Kingdom Hearts Three? What am I looking at here? And yeah. I don't see something that hit a peak and started slowing down. I see a launching off point where it's like Kingdom Hearts 3 came out and then we got Remind and then we got Melody of Memory and then we got Dark Road and then we got a Union so Cross much. finale. And it's like, it's been three years. It's been, it's been three years in like a few months and we've gotten so much of this. And it appears to me that there's more excitement and attention on the Kingdom Hearts series than I've ever seen before. Now with yeah. that rant out of the way, Square Enix roping in Final Fantasy XIV writers and a World Ends With You writer tells me they're trying to go all out on Kingdom Hearts 4. They're bringing in the heavy hitters, whether it be World Ends With You with their character interactions or you're looking at Heaven Sword, which had like this massively like huge plot that contributed to pre-established lore. I, this is something that's just got me excited. I don't know if you've jo dove into World Ends With You or Final Fantasy XIV, but to me, they're two of the best games that Square Enix has put out in a long time. Uh, do you have any take on that? Yeah, um, I haven't played Final Fantasy XIV. I 
never finished the original World Ends with You, but I loved it. Like, mm -hmm. when I played it back in the day, I loved it, and I always mean to go back, and I will at some point in my life. I got... Mm -hmm. um, we got things to do um many <laughs> things but that's fine i'm like the worst gamer ever like i don't even really you know it's fine <laughs> it's like do i play games i play kingdom hearts sometimes um but anyways so <laughs> <laughs> but no that's super exciting like it i mean this series is so special and mm -hmm. one of the reasons that i'm still around is like you know, because they're always doing new things. Nomura's always doing new stuff. Oh, you know, yeah. we said that just a moment ago. But the cool thing is that he's bringing in these cool variators um, from these other properties that people love. And it's mm -hmm. going to maybe um, draw more people who are interested in those series. Like, I know people that have seen the Kingdom Hearts 4 trailer, never played a Kingdom Hearts 4, um, never played a Kingdom Hearts game before. And they're like, yo, I want that. And I'm yeah. like... You got a lot of catching up to do, but I'm, I'm but excited I'm, but, for you. Yeah, but I'm excited for you. I, <laughs> you I know. swear, I had the same experience, Karis. People, I swear, uh, so many of my friends had to deal with me ranting about Kingdom Hearts when they had no idea what I was talking about. But they indulged me. You know why? Because <laughs> I didn't have a YouTube channel where I could put out crackpot theories once a week. So they used to indulge me for much of my young life. And all right. these friends who I tried to get play Kingdom Hearts for so long... Never gave it the time of day, which is fine. They have their own lives. They're beautiful people. But once that trailer dropped, almost all of them texted me and were like, so uh, if someone were to start, where should they start? I, <laughs> I don't know what kind of black magic they put on that trailer. but I don't know. I share that same experience with you where it's like there are people who are now suddenly interested. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I feel like a lot of it might be the... Um lingering excitement from like um sora getting put into smash i think there's mm -hmm. that started a whole wave of like new people getting interested in kingdom hearts That's and then i think point. like i think this new trailer um maybe some of those people that like kind of knew about sora weren't really sure and now like yo i want this this looks awesome and you know what it does and we are excited to have new people join the community like let's go so, yeah, I know it seems to really be um, getting people excited, and I'm happy about that. I yeah. am, too, because I, I, I always wondered, I'm like, because the wait for Kingdom Hearts 3 was so, like, long, and it was so heavily anticipated, I, I always wondered, especially when the game came out, I was like, is that the peak? Is that where Kingdom Hearts hits its, like, cultural peak? And then from there, it falls back into something more niche. But it seems to be doing quite the opposite of that. It seems to have like really fully emerged out of like the niche context and is becoming something, not necessarily something more mainstream, but something that's definitely becoming more appealing to audiences that weren't formally familiar with it. Right. Yeah, I think that's true. Like even, I mean, I've not been involved in the community that long. I know you've been around much longer than me. I only really joined when I started Kingdom Minds, which was what, like three, two, three years ago, whenever that was, <laughs> like roughly two years ago or something like that. Um, and I've seen the, I've seen the community grow a lot even since then. Oh yeah. And it feels, it feels like there's new people all the time showing up and new creators to new content creators popping up left, right, center, all got um, interesting things to say. And um, oh, it's yeah. really cool. So. 
That and like how many more like streamers need to go viral on Twitter because they're playing Kingdom Hearts for the first time and then like yes. one of the keynote scenes happen and then their reaction. Like it just seems like so many people too are trying the series for the first time, which is always great to see. Um, yeah, yeah that's really great. I wanted to move on to some more uh, Missing Link stuff in this interview. Um, the interviewer asks, in the trailer, we can see that Brain appears. Will he be the main character? To which Nomura replies, no, he won't. The main character will be yourself. Much like Union Cross, the protagonist will be a custom player avatar created by yourself. So now, this is another thing that's gotten me thinking for so long, where it's like, they seem really committed to this player character idea. This seems yeah. to be something they really, really are committed to and want. They don't want it to just be a Union Cross thing. They don't want it to just be the, like, they, they want this to continue moving forward. Does the whole player character aspect make it more likely for you to play Missing Link? And do you see yourself giving it a shot when it finally comes out? Yeah, absolutely. I, to be honest, I don't think who the protagonist is would kind of make me more or less interested to play it in the first place. Like, mm -hmm. if it was Brain, I would find that fun and interesting, too. I don't really know that lot much about him because I, I mean I know <laughs> it's like I said before I've like done the bare minimum to like understand Union Cross and I forget things all the time because I never played it myself <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know so I would think that would be cool to, to find out more about him and stuff like that but also um, no I like the idea of also having your own character and being able to customize them and all the stuff um, we all liked dressing Aqua up and um you know, fragmentary passage. Can they bring that back, please? Oh, please. Can they bring that back? Like, come on. And Nomura would have... anyone. And Nomura would have such a field day with all the designs and stuff like that, too. Like, yeah. making new armors, making new accessories. That's right up his alley. Like, anyone who played Stranger of Paradise will tell you, the guy must have made, with his team, like, 300 different armor sets that all looked fantastic. Um... I wanted to talk a little bit more about this stuff. I don't want to read all this out necessarily, but it looks like there's going to yeah. be like an augmented reality aspect to the game. Like kind of the way Pokemon Go worked, but that you don't need to leave your house. Like you can stay seated and still kind of reap those benefits. Um, I'm interested in seeing how that turns out. Um, but I found this yeah. particularly interesting. The interviewer asks, if the game is linked to the real world, does that mean there will be no Disney worlds? To which Nomura says, we are experimenting with a variety of things, but depending on the timing, the terrain and atmosphere will be partially based on the Disney world motifs. In the early stages of development, we covered the entire map with a texture change, but it seemed like overkill. So we are trying to make it more consistent. So it doesn't look like we're going to necessarily be going to Disney World's in Missing Link. Not that Disney won't yeah. be a part of it. Disney most certainly will be. But it looks like be, due to some limitations on it being a mobile game, they may have to get a little bit creative with it. Um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts in particular yeah. on that? That's interesting. When it says that it's in the real world, like... What do they mean by that? Cause yeah. Like, I was like, wait, does, does that mean it's in Quadrive? But it can't be because, like, I, you know, I don't know. I was confused by this. But, um, <laughs> I'm sure the theories can, uh, uh, theorists can catch me up on, on that. No, I think, um, as much as Disney's a part of these things, like, from the gameplay and stuff, it looked interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Like, anyways. Like, I, I would have fun with this. Um, 
Because it seems to be like its own thing. Like you don't necessarily need to be going to Disney World to right. incorporate those uh, motifs and stuff like that. I know it'll be fun to. Um, I assume you have like, uh, yeah. From the from the trailer, it looked like there's kind of like items and stuff you can use, or like badges or what have you. That, something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, something like that. So, uh, yeah. No, it it looks like it'll be fun, and um, it looks like they're trying their best to give it some variety um in terms of um the worlds and stuff and what have you so i don't know but in terms of i know you can play it walking around or stuff like that i mean i was planning to play it on my tablet but i don't really want to walk around with my tablet so i don't know <laughs> maybe maybe i will just be sitting at home i'll be lazy um or maybe i'll just play it on my phone and you know go outside touch some grass i don't know <laughs> uh. i think for every for every tro for every uh, trophy you get you got to go out and touch the grass i think that's a i think that's a good rule of thumb um i, I think, think so what excites me so much about it though is like that you could be in a party of six with your friends and i'm like oh yeah in a series about friendship it's about time we have an entry that lets us play together with other people to that regard. Like there is like a chain yeah. of memories multiplayer that you could do. And I know Union Cross allowed for some overlap, but this seems like it's really going to have a vehicle where you could party up with your friends and go out on missions together. Uh, I, yeah. I just think that's such a cool little prospect. Absolutely. And um, no, we, we all want to play stuff with our friends. Like that's all we want. Um, Side note, if you want to learn how to play uh, Co-op Melody of Memory with your online friends, uh, do check out my video on um, on my channel. It's uh, Oh, is it on YouTube? Good one. Yes, uh, it, it is on YouTube. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, no, I'm excited for that element. I want to be able to play a thing with other people yep. in real time. It would be so good. It might be the closest thing that we get to having that. MMO remake of uh I know I know so I want bad. it so bad Karis I want how, it so how, bad yeah. How likely is that mm. uh, after this well, announcement not not so much I mean if this does well though they'd like, have to rake in some serious cash I'll say that off, Yeah You know you know, maybe it's a test run maybe it's a test run you might be onto something be. there I mean yeah I'm not going to get it. <clears throat> you know, not going to get our, ho at yeah. the risk of getting We're our hopes get our up, up no. at the risk of getting our hopes up, uh, I perhaps, <laughs> perhaps we should, uh, just expect it to stop at missing link. Um, but oh, man, what, what else was something I wanted to bring up about it? I can't quite remember right now, but overall, like, I think what missing link did for me is I never thought I'd actually be interested in a mobile game, but it's gotta be the best looking mobile game I've ever seen. And honestly, I'm at this point where it's like, even if it plays like absolute garbage, at least the cutscenes are going to look really cool. You know, at least I'm not going to have to... And don't get me wrong, I have nothing but love and respect for the animators of Union Cross. But to sit there and just watch speech bubble after speech bubble for hours upon hours of cutscenes, it's not as digestible as something that's voice acted. And it looks like these cutscenes are going to be, for the most part, voice acted, or at least in the, like, sort of CGI sort of art style. I just think right. that I just think that's one of the biggest things about Missing Link is that for people who just want the story, it's going to be way more digestible than Union Cross. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I did play Dark Road for for a minute there, and 
I didn't hate it as much as some people did. Like, I mean, I kind of enjoyed grinding for my little cards, but it just mm -hmm. got, it got so monotonous after, like, I don't know, a couple weeks. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I, I think we're done with this. I'm tired of tapping um, my phone over and over. Yeah. No, it was a cool idea. Mm -hmm. And it's, the story is fun anyways, like, you know, exploring Xehanort and all that stuff. And I'm excited that they're wrapping that up. It'll be really good. But I'm hyped um, for that. Yeah, but uh, no, I'm excited to uh, to play a more a mobile game that that doesn't look like absolute garbage. <laughs> <It'd be> nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know I I I don't mean to say that. Like, I know a lot of people do like the the 2D sprites, and yeah, but I mean, it plays like garbage. I'll say that. Um, yeah, not everyone's a fan, and that's fine. And that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I, I don't normally read the chat till we get to the hour, but the gummy phone put in something really good here. He says, and I think he's talking about missing Link and the fact there may not be Disney worlds. He says, well, it's because the worlds are all still one. There's no individual worlds out there to really do. So they plan to show the world distorted by using assets that make the world appear like a Disney world. And oh. that makes perfect sense to me. I'm like, ah, oh, that's, that might be particularly why. Um, but you brought up Papa Xehanort, and I think it's time we talk about him here. Uh, the, the interviewer says, you have mentioned that for the Dark Road finale, you have added more scenarios than you originally planned. Could you elaborate more on that? To which Namora says, originally, I wanted to focus more on Xehanort's classmates and seniors, but due to some last-minute changes in the plan, we couldn't focus on them as much. Since I was told to prioritize Xehanort's character development. Now, I want to pause. Who's giving Nomura orders? I want to know. But anyway, however, I felt really unsatisfied that I had to cut that. So I decided to have the finale give them the required focus. You will also, under and this is the part that baffles me, you will also understand the reason as to why Xehanort became the way he is. In parentheses, talking about his old self being completely bald. So what, is Xehanort going to pull a Britney at the end of Dark Road and just like... <laughs> Like just shave his head and be like, I gotta start like start over. Like, uh, like what's gonna what? What? Like, when you say you're gonna find out why Xehanort is the way he is, I'm like, oh, we'll get to find out why he's such an old, twisted, crooked, dark wizard who wishes to usurp himself as the god of the entire world. And it's just like, no, we're gonna find out why he went bald. Yeah, I don't. That's like the last thing on my mind that <laughs> I would think needed explaining. I, I thought okay. I just assumed he got old, maybe a little malnourishment. Yeah. I don't know. He's, he's old, and some people get you know lose their hair. Like that's not. Uh, but okay, we gotta explain that apparently. Like I'm wondering if this <laughs> is somehow a mistranslation or whatever. Like I think what he or, what that might be is like how he like. Bridging the time, because we have young Xehanort, where he's just, like, some young, like, like early, mid-twenties, like, youthful guy. And then there's just old Xehanort. So maybe they kind of mean bridging the gap between young and old. You'll kind of get to see a more middle-aged Xehanort. Um, Potentially, yeah. Also, the... When you said, oh, who's giving Nomura orders? I didn't actually pick up on that. I'm like, man, who's telling Nomura what to do? Yeah, who told him to prioritize Xehanort like that? And I mean, look, it could be one of the guys he works with, be it Kitase, be it Nojima. Like, there are other guys in the mix. But I just found that very funny that, you know, there seems to be this online perception that, that Nomura is just like this 
puppet master over the Kingdom Hearts series, and he controls every single decision and every line of dialogue. Um, but, you know, it's kind of refreshing to remind ourselves that he works on a team, and he really is just kind of the face of the team. Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this, though, because Xehanort's, char- Xehanort's always going to be one of my favorite characters in Kingdom Hearts, and I think one of the things I love so much is just, like, God, people who listen to this podcast could be sick of hearing me say this, but like the effect of Xehanort works both backwards and forward. Like he lived his life in the time he lived it, and we see its ripple effects backwards towards Union Cross, and we see its ripple effects here in the future, where Kyrie is like projecting him into a nightmare because he's the source of her trauma. It's like he really like yeah. he he really wanted to be this like omnipresent god who was present in every time and every space and he got just about as close as you really could without actually closing the deal um but i want to know more like what uh, what really twisted him like they show that conversation with the master of masters in remind but what did he see to make him reach these conclusions that the world needed some sort of god figure to control their every last move I don't know. Are you? Yeah. What are you hoping to get from the finale of Dark Road? Yeah, I mean, I want more Master Masters for sure. Oh if yeah, that, if he's gonna show up. We love him. We just, you know, I'm just excited. Um, not only to to end Zanard's story, but to see what it means for the future. Yeah, you know, like because there's always interesting things that Nomura puts in. Um, you know, to, to hint at something bigger. And I'm really excited to see what that is. But, um, you know, ultimately, the, the thing that I really want to know about is um, uh, is about his four friends that, um, you know, you see them uh, when he's by the, the graveside, and you're like, mm-hmm. well, what happened to them? Was it his fault? Was it not his fault? Does he blame himself and it was someone else's fault? Like, I need to know <laughs> the answer to this mystery. Um, yeah. That's that's what I am curious about for the most part, but yeah, no, I'm really excited for for the ending of Dark Road. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you there too because I think like they wouldn't be making this. I don't know if we call it a series yeah. or a game anymore, but they wouldn't be making these story editions if something about Xehanort wasn't going to be important in the future, right? Like, we already saw the player character re- reincarnate into him at the end of Union Cross, at least in some regard. And now we have Dark Road coming. It's like, what's going to go on with Xehanort? Because there's still so much about him and his story that hasn't been covered. Like, the fact that he was aware of unreality and the world of fiction. Like, what does that mean? And I, I wholeheartedly believe, by the way, that he's going to be back. Not the old man Xehanort. I think young Xehanort... Because I think in a very strange time loopy way, he knew more than old man Xehanort. And he knew exactly where Sora was going in Kingdom Hearts 3. Like he was the one who was basically basically warning him about the power of waking and that his time in the world was running out. So it almost seems to me like young Xehanort was actually the most clued in. And I have to wonder, those two cloaked figures in the Kingdom Hearts 4 trailer, some part of me can't help but think that one of them is young Xehanort. Whoa. 
Well, and I mean, yeah. like, if I could, if I could just keep running my mouth about this, like, let's just be honest. Like, San Francisco was inserted as the last Disney World as a way to foreshadow Quadratum. You cannot convince me otherwise. Like, literally, you the first lines in San Francisco, Sora's like, "Wow, look at this city! Riku's got to check this out." And now Sora and Riku are now like in a big city together. So you can't tell me that San Francisco wasn't there to foreshadow Quadratum in some way. On top of that, on top of that, when Sora is using the power of waking to bring everybody back after they fell in the Keyblade graveyard, it's in the San Francisco world. That's where young Xehanort confronts him and tells him about the consequences of the power of waking. So, I don't know. My mind's just racing and I can't help but think that Xehanort's time in the spotlight might be done, but his influence on the story is, is not going anywhere. Far from over, and I think it's really fun. You know, I I think the <clears throat> I think the, it would be really interesting to explore that and his impact on on everybody, like especially mm-hmm. um, the members of the organization that have sort of switched sides and that kind of thing. And, oh yeah, um, all that sort of stuff will be super interesting. So yeah, we um. We excited for what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, th- I think just to finish the interview off before we uh, open it up to the chat, the interviewer says, last question, do you have any further plans for this year's 20th anniversary? To which Nomura replies, the two Flash animators for the now disbanded Dark Road team are hard at work and are making sure the finale ends things on a high note. Excuse me. <sighs> Long day, but anyway, we also have the Missing Link closed beta coming this fall, and I'm going to try so hard to get into that beta. Um, While I can't disclose any other plans than that, I urge you to keep an eye out on the official social media accounts just in case, which tells me there's something else we don't know about yet. Oh, yeah. Him saying, yo, just watch those social media accounts just in case. Eh, It sounds to me like there might be a little something extra there. Uh, What else do you think we could even expect here in 2022 outside of dark road a missing link beta test and then what else what else do we have oh oh boy well i hope it's not some you know garbo announcement like the cloud ports or something like that um but i'm thinking what else could we expect Maybe the Kingdom Hearts anime that everybody wants so badly? Oh, yes. That would be really interesting. I would be so down for that. I have to be honest. The only way I want it is if it's a Union Cross anime. That's the only way I want it. Yeah. Yeah, Because, like, to me, it's like, do we need an anime to retell the events of Kingdom Hearts 1? Like, do we really need that? We don't. Like, the only reason that I think it should... um, you know, I mean, unless they did it as, like, anime movies, potentially. Mm-hmm. Or else, yeah, it needs to push the story forward, I think, in my opinion. It either needs to push um, things forward or give us more context on something in the past. And right, it would have to be something like Union Cross, because, you know, we don't need more Birth by Sleep content, much as I love that game. Like, it, that game told us what it needed to tell us. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I think maybe... Um, it would be interesting if they announced some kind of, um, I don't know, like potentially a side game, like another game. You know, 
I have I, don't reason, know. I have reason to believe we might get a fighting game in the future. That's yeah? that's sort of my everybody before I continue. This is nothing but speculation. Please don't take it seriously. But I think there's a fighting game coming because they've started oh. licensing the Kingdom Hearts characters out to the biggest fighting game developer in the world, Bandai Namco. They licensed out right. Sora for Super Smash Brothers as well as all the other characters for those Dive to Hearts. And they licensed not only the Kingdom Hearts characters, but Disney characters out to Bandai Namco to make those Tamagotchis. So to me, I'm looking at the biggest fighting game developer in the world having all the licensing power over these Kingdom Hearts characters, including Mickey, Donald, Goofy, and Yen Sid and all of that. On top of that, when you learn that the Kingdom Hearts team wanted to make a fighting game as much as 13 years ago, like this is uh-huh. yeah, like this has been on the table for a while. So if, if there's another spin-off genre coming, my guess is it's gonna be a fighting game. Yeah. Dang. I'm sold. I'm eating that up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah now, now everybody okay. can r- take it to the bank. Let them know I told you that it's all confirmed. <laughs> Fighting game spring 2023. Um, but, but with that said. That would be so beautiful. That would be so beautiful. Because I want to play as all these characters. That's really what it's about for me. It's like there's so yeah. many characters and there's no way we're going to get to really play as all of them. Um, so I need a fighting game or something that lets us play as more characters um but i do want to start opening things up to the chat if you guys have any questions comments concerns about anything that we've talked about today i saw a lot of people were throwing stuff in the chat throughout the podcast i'll try to get to some of that um geez uh i don't even know where to begin so if people want to start throwing that in they can um but karis let me ask you um as far as kingdom hearts 4 goes do you want any other playable characters besides Sora? Or do you think it primarily should stay with Sora as your primary character? I mean, I would love to have other playable characters, you know? And I'm sure... It, I don't know. Um, yeah, because we have all those assets from Reminds of, you know... <clears throat> Uh, of Kyrie and and uh, Riku and all those other characters, you know, it's like why would they go to the effort of making those mm-hmm. um, if exactly. they weren't going to use them? So yeah, you know, I really think that we could potentially even have like a dreamed up distance type situation where you've got Sora and Kadratum, and then meanwhile you cut to um, you know like Kyrie in the Disney worlds or whatever. Like I would love that so much, I and I so. think. You know, that would be the best of both worlds. And, um, yeah, if they did that, I just think that would be so good. And Me too. there's a lot of, uh, there's so much, <laughs> there's so much to explore. I think the one thing we can agree on is Kingdom Hearts 4 is going to be the biggest Kingdom Hearts game so far. Oh, I think Without so. Without a doubt. I think so. Oh, it's going to be And huge. I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready. I hope you're all ready because I can, I can see it now. I can see it now that people are going to play Kingdom Hearts 4. And it's just like, and I'm only saying this because I was a, I've been around long enough to see the same thing happen at Kingdom Hearts 2. You watch, by the time we get to Kingdom Hearts 4, Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to have that like uh, that nostalgia glory. It's going to have that yes. glory on it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to flip and people are going to be complaining in some way. But I do agree with you. I think 4 is going to be the biggest game the series has ever seen. And I really yeah. think like, 
I really think the longevity of the series depends on it because Kingdom Hearts 3 did well. Um, it's the best-selling game in the series, but there's some online discourse about it, which is fine. In today's day and age, there's online discourse about every piece of media that comes out. But if Kingdom Hearts 4 can just be like an overwhelming win in the eyes of the fan base, this series is going gonna, is gonna to explode to levels that we didn't even imagine. I, I really believe that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I would just really want um I just really want everybody to have their moment, you know, like give Namine her moment, give Kyrie yep. her moment. Like, you know, Aqua and and, uh, and everybody, you know, Shion Broxis, everybody. And like I know that's a lot to ask cuz there's so many freaking mm-hmm. characters, but uh, I just think that would be so good. I think so, too. And I think one of the things the series struggles with is, like, we have all these characters. And I think it really stands to the characters and the way they've been developed that, like, you talk to people, man, everybody's got a different, like, favorite character. Like, some people, their favorite character is Axel. Some people, it's Sora. Some people, it's now Yazora. Some people, it's Namine. Some people, it's... It's freaking, it's it's Zemnis, you know? It's like everybody, like everyone's favorite (laughs) character is so all over the board that I think one of the things Kingdom Hearts 3 really struggled with is Kingdom Hearts 3 was Sora, Donald, and Goofy's story. Like through and through, Kingdom Hearts 3 was about Sora, Donald, and Goofy. And once in a while, we cut to Riku. And once in a while, we cut to Kairi. And once in a while, we cut to Mickey. And we, when then Aqua came back and everyone came back, but the sheer fact is the way a lot of video game narratives work is it works through whoever your player character is. Like whoever your player character is, that's where the majority of the story is going to revolve around. So I think a lot of people, when it came to Kingdom Hearts 3, a lot of their favorite characters didn't get the time in the sun that they would have wanted. But I think that's something we're all going to need to, as far as number titles go, Learn to accept, like, as long as it's a numbered title, it's going to orbit around Sora. And the most the Rikus and Kairis and Axels and Namines are going to get is, like you said, their moment. But I think so long as all these characters get their moment, um, I think everybody will be satisfied. But I do think, I think a lot of people would do themselves well to accept that most of the story is going to revolve around Sora and that a lot of these characters on the periphery are only going to get little bit little moments here and there, um, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean yeah, that I they, think, think you're right. Exactly, but it doesn't mean they can't be fleshed out, right? And like, and like that's the other thing. For those who want Kyrie to be more fleshed out, when you think about it, starting from Kingdom Hearts three into Rewind into Melody and Memory, no character other than Sora has gotten more attention and development than Kyrie which I think is a sign of things to come. I really do. I think in the Dark Seeker saga, a lot of it was about Riku coming into his own. I feel like this saga in many ways will be about Kairi coming into her own. Because again, when you think about it, 3 revolved so much around Sora. But when you think about the secondary characters who got more, the most attention, it's Kairi. So yeah, I, I think what you might see is the series focused on the Destiny trio all over again. I think all the other trios are fun and great, and I love them. I really do. But I think the series is going to start giving a little bit more of the pie to the Destiny trio. Yeah, I think so. And I think they're I think they're setting up to do more with Kyrie. Like, yeah. you know, that's that's been the vibe. Um, 
you well, know, I mean, she she saved Melanie she, memory. I, so. I mean, I would even argue since Kingdom Hearts three. I mean, she was the one. Yeah. She got to see. So first of all, she pulled everybody out of out of death by believing in she Sora. Did. She was the first one to save the day, and then after she saves the day, I mean, look. After seeing her in Kingdom Hearts 2 flail the Keyblade around for three seconds, I thoroughly enjoyed seeing her kill a few Heartless. I thoroughly enjoyed seeing her go toe-to-toe with Shion and get into those battles. And then, you know, you you branch it out to Remind, and there she is, going toe-to-toe with Xehanort. And then you go to Melanium Memory, where we're diving through her memories. She gets to narrate the whole summary. And then she gets to literally face, like, projected trauma in Xehanort in this dreamscape, which also takes us to a flashback filling out like her backstory. So when I look at the trajectory of what characters are getting attention, it just seems to me that when you look at other than Sora, Kairi seems to be the one getting the most love and attention. And I really think maybe other than Riku, that's how it's going to be from here on out. I think so. Yeah, and I'm here for it. We we want her. We love her so much. Give mm-hmm. us more Kyrie, please. Yeah, and I think it speaks to what they've been able to do so much, right? Like, it's no coincidence, because, like, look, not for nothing, people wanted Kyrie stuff in the wait for Kingdom Hearts 3, but nobody was really begging for it. After 3, Remind and Melody and Memory, like, you let the fans play as Kyrie once, and now we're literally on our knees with our hands clasped. Like, hey, more? Like, please, more? Like, I've never seen yeah. the demand for Kyrie like I have seen now. And I have to believe that's a consequence of them finally giving her some of some of the attention she deserves here in the more recent Absolutely. installments. Yeah, so exciting. I really, really um, want her to, yeah, to do her thing, have her moments going forward. Yep. And I really am excited for that, yeah. So I want to get into the chat a little bit here. I see we had a few uh, line up here. Uh, Prince Touche says, I have a feeling Naminé will find Subject X and reconstruct her memories. Ooh, I would absolutely love that. I'm a big fan of Naminé being useful without needing a Keyblade. Because, like, not for nothing, you don't need to be able to hit the bad guy with a sword to be a good or important character. And I love that Naminé achieves that. But how do you feel about that? And what are your thoughts on Subject X, Karis? Yeah, no, I think that's a really cool idea. And yeah, I think we all want to see um, Subject X being explored some more because like that's the other thing is there's still so many unanswered questions in this series. (laughs) There's so many things. A lot of loose ends to tie up. Yep. Yeah, I think I think we want that, and it would it would be great to see um, nominee involved. Oh yeah, hundred uh, yeah. percent. Jay Cheesecake, and I gotta give her so much credit for this comment. Says I need a Darkwing Duck world. Yo, uh, were you into Darkwing <laughs> Duck back in the day? No, but that sounds amazing. <laughs> I think when, when you have a minute, just go, just Google Darkwing Duck. Uh, I think it'll okay. make it happen. Edgardo J. I, Cruz I will. says we need mid-combat character switch from multiple car- party characters. Kind of like Xenoblade or FF7 Remake. Yeah, I'd love that. If you could switch yeah. between all the characters in your party, then nobody can complain about Donald not healing them anymore. Right. That, that would be so good. That, Give like, a lot more control to the player. And Karis, let me know what you think. I almost... Do you remember the Zeta Flare scene from Kingdom Hearts 3? 
where Donald casted the most powerful <laughs> spell in Square Enix history. I felt like yep. that was the devs being like, yeah, guys, Donald is an attack mage. His ability to heal you <laughs> is a bonus. Yes. Which... Yes, give it to me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. it was, that was a beautiful thing. Yep. Dang. Just, I, I love Donald and Goofy. I love them so too. Much. Like I, I, and again, I think that's one of the reasons why Kingdom Hearts Three really stuck with me is because it really, it felt like more than ever they were on the ride with Sora. Whether it be them trying to help him with his insecurity in Olympus, or whether it be them yelling at you through the controller in the final boss, or like I'll never forget. And like, if you had told me that a duck's webbed feet would be able to choke me up, I would have thought you were crazy. But that scene <laughs> at in the end game when Sora says, all right, I'm going after Xehanort, he starts walking towards him, and it shows Sora's feet. And then very slowly into the shot, Goofy and Donald's feet panned in to walk alongside him. Almost to be yeah. like, yes, three half pints make a whole. And like my first time playing it, it choked me up so much. And it like... It, had, it brought me to this place of realization of like, oh my God, this is their story. Um, yeah. I just want more of them. I love the two of them so much. Oh, yep. They're so good. Good boys. Good boys. Very The, <laughs> the best boys. Um, the best boys. Just a waffle, cousin of Pancake says, question, if young Xehanort is to make a return, Sherlitzia is going to meet young Xehanort as the reincarnation of player. Yes. Yes, and I uh, I Whoa. wish if somebody out there could draw this, I have this very co- funny comic strip idea because as we all know, Sterlizia was very fascinated with the player in Union Cross. And a lot of people take that and leap it towards a sort of like romantic interest, which is perfectly fine. So I thought it would be funny if some if like Sterlizia is in Quadratum with Sora and young Xehanort appears and Sora almost gets like, he gets on his toes and he's amped and he's like, you're here. And then it cuts to Sterlizia and she's kind of blushing and looking the other way. And Sora's like, what's going on with you? And she's like, you, you would not get it. (laughs) (laughs) That would be adorable. Yes. Yeah. Cause maybe, maybe all Xehanort needs is somebody to love him. You know? I, yeah. Yeah. Aww. Cosmic Heyman says, when do you think Sora will rejoin Donald and Goofy in future titles, maybe? Uh, no, I actually think it'll be in Kingdom Hearts 4. I think it's going to be yeah. in Kingdom Hearts 4. Um, how soon they'll reunite, I don't know. But I, I actually think the way Kingdom Hearts 4 is going is the end game is where all the reunions and everything's going to ramp up. Because that's typically yeah. how Kingdom Hearts games work. In the beginning, you get a big chunk of story. In the middle, the story really takes its time. And in the end game, they just floor it. Um, okay. What about this, though? Go for it. we just been talking about, um, you know, <clears throat> other characters being playable. Right. What if... What if you get to play as Donald and Goofy looking for Sora? I I would love that. I guess the only thing I'd say to add would be to add Mickey to the party. Yes. You know? But I, I would love that. Like, I'm not going to lie. I don't know about a full Mickey, Donald, Goofy game. But if there, no. was, but if there was a, a pl- gameplay segment, even if it was like an hour segment of the three of them, I'd actually absolutely love that. That would be great. Yeah. Spe- speaking of which, what do you think's going on with them looking in the underworld? Man. I yeah. 
I I think that's really interesting. Um, the funny thing, <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't know what was going on when I first watched it, and then I looked at Twitter, and everyone's like Hades. I'm like, oh, of course that's who it is. Um, no, so that's really fun, and um, you know, it's like, man, they're they're going to the to the depths of hell to find Sora. It's like they really think he's gone. They're, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're they're as committed as you can. They're yeah. as committed as you can. I um, which I, is awesome. What I want to see from this though is I want. I want less Disney worlds, but I want more Disney characters involved, right? I don't necessarily want to go back to Olympus, but I do want Hades to have a place in the plot, if that makes sense, you know? Yes, and that was something that occurred to me. Like, what if they're setting up for the Disney villains to actually have a role again? Yes. <laughs> and to be doing something. Um, I really hope that that's the case. Well, um, I want to think. Yeah. I, well, what do you think? You think Maleficent's gonna get her hands on that box? I mean, I hope so. I think it would be fun to see her, you know, be involved. Uh, you know, there'd be this big like power grab, big power mm -hmm. struggle, and her actually like, you know, come out um, with a fighting chance of uh, of doing what she wants to do. That'd be pretty dope. And I think it would be really cool because it, it almost seems like it's something nobody's planning for. Like, Maleficent getting the black box would screw up Sora's plans and the Master's plans. Like, everybody loses. I think that's what I love about it. <laughs> is that if she gets yes. that box, everybody loses. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be so good. Like, oh, yeah. imagine... <laughs> imagine if, like... All of the original villains, like, you know, Master Master Zane or all that stuff, like, actually, they all just end up playing second fiddle to Maleficent. Like, she's the main villain all along, you know? That would be perfect. Well, I mean, it's cool, right? Because she has a previous relationship with Darkness, right? We saw that in Union Cross. And yeah. It's going to be interesting to see, because it's like... All right, right? So the Master and Darkness are enemies. And theoretically speaking, the Master and Sora are enemies. And then theoretically speaking, Sora and Darkness are enemies. So it's like yeah. you have all these like different factions of, of groups and collectives that are, that are enemies. It, it would almost, like if Maleficent and Darkness teamed up, would this force the Foretellers and the Guardians to have to work together? Oh, that would be so good. <laughs> like they have to almost like reluctantly work together. And then it turns into this thing of like, all right, we're going to team up to take care of this. But once yeah. we take care of this, it's war between us. Yep. For now, your enemy is my enemy. So. Yeah. Yeah. That would be so great. I, I, Captain Kai Man. says, is that a meta commentary I spy? Disney monopolizing everything. I guess that's in a reference to, like you said, if Maleficent just became the full-on villain. Disney was villain the whole time. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I don't know if Disney would go for that necessarily. Now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I don't I don't think so either. Um, Edgardo no. J. Cruz says, other than a passing mention by Pete in Kingdom Hearts Three, 
Sora literally has no idea about the importance of the black box. We only know due to being the audience and Zigbar, of course, potentially Luke Sword too. And you know, that's a, that's a detail on this story that's so insane that literally yeah. you think of all the characters, right? From mm-hmm. Ansem the Wise to Xehanort to Sora to Kyrie to Fairy Godmother. None of them really know anything about this black box. But yeah. how, but why? And this is where I'm so curious to learn more about Luke Sword. And Next Gen Novelist did just did an incredible video on Luke Sword. I suggest everyone check it out. But it's like, what does he know, man? Like we, we get to Kingdom Hearts three, and like one of the best scenes in the series, it's revealed Zigbar is Lushu. But don't forget that Remind started with the question is, who are you, Luke Sword? Like that's the real question. Who's Lucy? Yes. Who's Zigbar? We already figured that out. But who are you, Luke Sword? Like, where does he come yep. from? What is he doing? Yeah. What is he doing? Like, we thought he <laughs> might be from Union Cross, and then it just turns out he's not. Nope. Nope. Are you, yeah. on, are you on board with the fact that he's Yazora's driver in that cutscene? Because I'm pretty much sold on it. Yeah, I think so. I think I think people are pretty unanimously like sure about that. So yeah. I'm I'm jumping on the bandwagon and I'm throwing my uh yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I'm I, I I'm jumping say, on that bandwagon. <laughs> I was gonna say I think what trips me out about it though is like why do I get the feeling that he's not originally from there? Yeah. Like, like that he's doing the same thing as Lushu. And again, this is something next gen novelists talk about, so I wanna give him the shout out. But what if Luke Sword is from just as distant a past as Lushu is, you know? Mm. And what if he's been, like, body hopping and moving from place to place all throughout these times? Because, like, again, both their names start with Lux, L-U-X, meaning light. And you have to wonder if that's just pure coincidence. Yeah, I think that would be really cool and really fascinating. Um, Like, what if he's from Missing Link era? Yes, send rice picks. Actually, ju- literally drop that in the chat just as you said it. Oh, really? I actually didn't read that out. No, it's a, a great. <laughs> no, it literally like as it came out of Wait, your mouth. Do you know it what? <laughs> yeah, great minds, buddy. Great. Minds. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, you have to wonder, right? Because you know he brings up a good point where he's like, the wielders from Missing Link—they're going to be the ones to learn how to cross over. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, which, you know, there's Demix, too, which it's so funny that after all these years, Demix is the <laughs> biggest mystery. After yep. all these years, it's Demix of all people. Um, do you have even if you have just a shot in the dark, what do you got for Demix? Anything, anything we can chew on? He's a master masters. You really no, think so? Okay, I was going to say. <laughs> no. Was gonna say. <laughs> no, no, no. Um. <laughs> Listen, a th- theory theory crafting's not really my thing. I'm bad at it, but um, you know, so I don't I don't really got anything. Karis, um, Karis, can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? This is kingdom. Yeah. This is Kingdom Hearts. We're all Literally. really bad at it. We're all. <laughs> okay, I say this all the time. How many YouTube videos did you see about the Master of Masters before he was announced? How many YouTube videos did you see about Quadratum before they showed us that? How many That's YouTube true. videos did you see saying? Guys, Numura is gonna cross over versus thirteen in the Kingdom Hearts. We we like we pretty much all <laughs> always get it wrong, but it's part of the fun. But that's I, right. I digress. Uh, please, hundred percent. 
What if? Yeah. Okay. Um. No, I'm a. I'm a say. I'm a say. He's just a regular dude that just ended up with that black coat, and he's just there. I. I honestly, <laughs> if he was just like the average Joe. And he just, just walked in. He just walked into the <laughs> wrong room at the wrong time. Yeah. I, honestly, I'd actually love it because it would explain why he never wants to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, oh, this big mystery. He's just some guy. <laughs> like, he's nobody. Well, Axel Vega, which shout out to the Sage of the Lodge himself. Check out his channel as well. He says, Demix without the X could make the name Mide, M-Y-D-E which would translate to under the radar. Ooh. Which is crazy, right? Because then you have Luke Sword, which you can get Ludor, which I believe means like player or like to play a game. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that is, that is, uh, that is something, Axel. Under the radar. That it's like, some- he's either going to be, su- like, he, he's either going to be super important or like you said, just going to be like wrong place, wrong time kind of circumstance. Yeah, but I think, like, I think sometimes Kingdom Hearts needs those kind of characters that are just grounded in reality. It's like they don't have anything going on. They're just there, you know? Like, I love Hainer, Pence, and Olette. Because <laughs> they're on summer so vacation. So freaking much. Yeah. It's like, I know that they don't really, like, they're not a huge part of the story. I mean... Hainer gets his moment um, where... <laughs> no, make Hainer great again. Let's go. Oh, <laughs> funny. Let's go. Um, in uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, and it's so good. But, you know, like, j- just having, like, regular characters is so so fun and interesting. Um, yeah, and I enjoy that a lot. Yeah, I- I'm kind of with you there. I'd like char- more characters who are kind of just from an ordinary life because you know the guardians of light they lead anything but an ordinary life uh it's kind of cool to see like three kids running around who like their biggest concern is homework and i swear i think (laughs) one of the funniest lines in the series to me is when sora visits twilight town in kingdom Hearts 2 and they mention that they have to do their homework and sora's like homework homework like what even what even is that what's a home what's work (laughs) like what yeah, it's so good. <laughs> Send right, you'll love this. Send rice picks says Pence still hasn't used one percent of his power. Masters, Masters is gonna get dog streeted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's a here's a theory. Oh, right? let's go. Let's go. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, on the subject of like ordinary character leading ordinary lives, right? We got Sora and Kudratum, Kingdom Hearts Four. Like, what if it's a situation where, like, before the dark side shows up, he has to just, you know... I know people have been making memes of, like, oh, he's just got a regular job, now he has to play taxes. But, like, what if he's, like, finds that he's suddenly, like, enrolled in college or just, like, has to go to class or, like, has to go to work and you just gotta do that for a little bit? That would be such a mix-up. That would be that would such be so a mix-up. funny. I won't lie, though, I'm... I'm kind of all for the paying rent idea. I could do without Sora having to pay taxes. Please spare him that. But I am all for him having to pay. Like, can you imagine having to run side quests? So it's like, Sirletia is like, listen, man, before we get to it, like, we got rent to pay. So you think you could do yeah. X, Y, and Z for me? Uh, like, I almost feel like it could parallel the way Kingdom Hearts 2 started, 
where you had to do like the mundane homework tasks. I feel, yep. I, I almost have this itching feeling that the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 4 is going to feel a lot like the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, and from that point of view, like, it would make sense. It's like, yeah, we've <laughs> yeah. done this rodeo before. I know a lot of people don't enjoy that, um, uh, <clears throat> that whole prologue, but I think it's really great. I think it's really fun. I think it's one um, of the best parts of the whole series. It's, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Um, and, and the cool thing is like, like him just hanging out with Streletsy and like getting to know her and like, you know, yeah. having these like intimate moments, um, between Roxas and, um, and his friends and stuff like that's, that's what we need. We need more of that. I think. I think so too. I, I mean, look, gummy phone brings up a great point in the chat says that was at the beginning of seven se of Final Fantasy VII Remake 2 when you have to collect money with Tifa. I was thinking of that as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I, Captain Kai even brings up, and Sen Rice picks, Kingdom Hearts 1 starts with collecting logs and mushrooms and stuff like that. So honestly, it would, yeah. it would be very par for the course if they were to start something like that. Um, like Sora just got to go around delivering some pizzas. That would, be, that would be funny. Get yeah, some pizza time. <laughs> yeah that would be great yeah i mean i yeah. I personally love that i mean we got a lot of people in the chat are making jokes like persona hearts or persona kingdom <laughs> hearts which like i don't know man I i'm here for it square pair in the chat says sora ain't got time for all of this he has heartless to fight yes yep. but, but city living has some cruel cruel prices to pay and uh yeah <laughs> that that's what we call right all right okay um I, I Captain Kai again says, I think that's the real reason Kingdom Hearts 3 was so jarring. I guess because it didn't have those chores in the beginning. Oh, uh, maybe. Is that what we were missing? We just need those early game chores. Like, it's not cool enough to have Olympus burning around you. We, we need to go <laughs> fetch some logs. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, amazing. No, he's got to have his field training arc first. Yes, exactly. Oh, I would. Oh God, I would have loved a fail training arc. I think that would have been great. Um, but we are coming up on an hour and a half here. Um, okay. Was there anything that we haven't gotten the chance to talk about yet that you wanted to talk about? Man, I don't know. It's been fun to be here and just talk about <laughs> Kingdom Hearts for for an hour and a little bit. Yeah, I've I've loved it. Thank you for having me on. It's been great. I mean, I, I have to say, Karis, I do really enjoy talking to you. Um, I think you have a natural talent for broadcasting. Um, oh, I'd thanks. recommend anybody, anybody who's watching, please check out the YouTube links in the description. I've got her Twitter linked. I've got uh, her podcast linked. I've got her YouTube channel linked, the Revival FM linked. Um, no, Karis, it, it's, really, it's really enjoyable talking to you. I think you always bring a unique perspective um, with whatever we talk about. Um, I really do love your show, Dive Into Fandom. I, I think it's a great concept. I, I really enjoyed that episode you did with Andy in particular. Oh, yeah. So good. We love Andy Brew. Yeah, how do you not? How do you not love Andy Brew? Um, but uh, without further ado, oh, okay, I gotta. I have to read, I have to read one, uh, maybe one or two more chats. This always happens to me. I want to wrap it up. But then people give me too, like just too many good stuff to read. Alu Vibs says, quick, somebody make a five-hour video about the lack of chores at Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, <laughs> your, your boy Josh Starr says, yes, she's amazing. 
Oh, thanks, Josh. And, and jo- another Josh, Joshish says 100% agreed. And I want to wrap it up with this. And if you're on Twitch, please stick around for the raid. Let's wrap it up with this. Senrice Pick says, I'm pretty sure Dog Street is foreshadowing. Pluto always finds his way into dark corridors, which I believe to be Dog Street. This dog is clearly <laughs> possessed by darkness. Well, let me tell you, I don't think there's any better way. There's no better way we could wrap this up. Ladies and gentlemen, please check out Karison Ford. She's over on Twitter. Her links are in the description. Thank you. She's on uh, YouTube. She's got her own uh, channel. Uh, yeah. Again, Karis, thank you again so much for going on, coming on. And if you're hanging out, please stick around for us for the raid. And any last words, Karis, before we wrap this up? Any last words? Oh, it's been a pleasure, Landy. Thank you so much. I really appreciate what you do. Like, you talk to so many interesting people, and um, I really love your channel, and I love your theories, and uh, I love your podcast as well. And um, no, it's just it's just really cool to to hang out with you and and chat about this stuff. So, um, but yeah, no. Uh, one more thing, I am doing a. <clears throat> I'm going. Um, on my old student radio tomorrow, which is super exciting. So oh. I'm a alumni of my old university, but we're having our um, uh, it's Air Three Radio's 50 year anniversary. So we're doing a a, wow. a 50, uh, 50 hour broadcast. So I'm gonna be on uh, well, it's seven till nine p.m. my time. I believe it's two till four p.m. EST. Yep. Yes, but the first hour I'm taking music requests oh. so hit me up on twitter and uh, you know you can dm me or you can reply to my uh my post if you want me to play a song for you there and you, you can listen to me on the radio in real time it's in, pretty exciting in real time so. if you're looking for more details on that she's uh definitely put a lot of it out on her twitter page so you can check her out there Karis, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome back anytime. I want to give a huge shout out to the Sages of the Lodge, many of who were in the chat today, and for all of you who literally just come here to, to hang out. I really do appreciate it. All right, we're out. Thanks for hanging out, Karis.